Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Borg Warner. Feel good about driving. Bridgestone. Your journey. Our passion. Dow Automotive Systems. Improving durability and increasing design flexibility with Betamate structural adhesives at DowBetamate.com. And by Hyundai. New thinking, new possibilities. Hello and welcome to AutoLine Daily. We've got some great shots of the new cars coming out of the auto show in China and my commentary on why NHTSA does not need more money. But right now, let's get to the rest of the news. The UAW has thrown in the towel trying to appeal that vote it lost at the Volkswagen plant in Chattanooga. The union blames what it calls the historically dysfunctional National Labor Relations Board, fearing that its case could drag on for years. But I'm not buying this explanation. The NLRB, under the Obama administration, is perceived by business to be overly pro-labor. And the five-member NLRB board now has three Democrats and two Republicans. So here's my Autoline insight. I think the union realized it could end up losing its appeal. And it decided it was better to simply drop its appeal rather than be handed another stinging defeat. Now the ball is in VW's court. Will it call for another union election or simply decide? It'll figure out some other way of forming works councils in that plan. Well, this is as close as official as we're going to get for the moment. Bloomberg is reporting that Mark Fields will replace Alan Mulally as the CEO of Ford. Of course, Autoline Daily viewers know that I predicted Fields would get the job back in June of 2011. Bloomberg suggests Mulally might step down before the end of the year, and it says Mulally will not fade from view, but will take some sort of business government's job, which sounds like board seats to me. Besides introducing new cars and concepts in Beijing, several automakers announced plans to expand in China. General Motors will invest $12 billion between now and 2017 to expand production and introduce 60 new or refreshed vehicles by 2018. Meanwhile, Fiat Chrysler announced it will start building three different models of Jeeps in China with its joint venture partner, Guangzhou Automobile Group, with the production to start at the end of 2015. But I wonder if that will include Wranglers. Sergio Marchione once said that that model would only be built in the U.S. And lastly, Elon Musk announced that Tesla will start building cars in the country within the next three to four years. In the meantime, Tesla wants to start building supercharger stations in China. And of course, at some point, Tesla will have to line up a Chinese joint venture partner. Sales of Japanese vehicles in China took a big hit due to that dispute between the two countries over islands in the East China Sea. That led to an anti-Japanese backlash so how do they get customers back into the showrooms? One way might be to offer them vehicles designed by Chinese designers built exclusively for the Chinese market. Nissan is showing this concept in Beijing called the Lania. It's the second vehicle to come out of Nissan's new design center in China. The first was the FriendMe concept it showed a year ago, and which the Lania bears a strong resemblance to. Honda is showing this five-door hatchback called the Concept B that was also designed exclusively for the Chinese market. And it's in the process of building a car based on the Concept B, which it plans to introduce in the next two years. And it'll be interesting to see what the production car looks like because this concept definitely deviates from Honda's usual 
milk toast design. Hyundai also had a Chinese exclusive model it unveiled called the iX25 concept. It's a small SUV that gets the automaker's new signature grill and it's powered by a two-liter engine. It'll hit showrooms in the second half of this year. Back in 2010, Daimler established its Chinese joint venture with BYD, who is one of the leaders in battery technology. Now the two automakers are showing off their first all-electric vehicle that will launch in China this September. Aside from the Tesla Model S, we think this is the best-looking pure electric vehicle currently offered. It's powered by an 86-kilowatt electric motor that's paired to a 47.5-kilowatt-hour battery pack and has a range of up to 300 kilometers, that's about 185 miles. Prices start at about $60,000, but central and local subsidies take that price down to about 40 grand. Hey, coming up next, I'll tell you why taxpayers should not be giving more money to NHTSA. Here's another great thing about the all-around performance of our Dueler tires. A comfortable, quiet ride. Oh. At Bridgestone, our passion for performance knows no bounds. Even though General Motors is taking a lot of heat for not initiating recalls when it should have, the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration is also being blasted for not ordering those recalls on its own. After all, it turns out NHTSA had all that data all along. And in the latest recall involving electric power steering on those GM cars, NHTSA actually initiated an investigation on its own, but decided not to order a recall. All this has prompted Joan Claybrook, the former administrator of NHTSA during the Carter administration, to run around saying, NHTSA needs more money. She says that a bigger budget would solve all these problems. But I am not convinced, and here's why. NHTSA has a budget of over $800 million a year. And NHTSA itself admits its biggest problem is that its various databases are not linked together. So it cannot do cross-data analysis. It says that is why it did not catch these GM problems. Now NHTSA wants to put all those numbers in the cloud so it can do big data analysis. But even NHTSA admits it only needs $3 million to do this. $3 million bucks? That's chump change in an $800 million budget. I think they can find that money within their budget. For example, last year the agency awarded its employees $3 million worth of raises. That works out to about $4,000 for each of its 715 employees. Now, I'm not against giving these people a raise, but NHTSA's administrative expenses are nearly 16% of their budget. At car companies like GM or Ford, administrative expenses are more like 9%. Seems to me there's some efficiencies to be found. For example, why not outsource all their crash testing to the Insurance Institute? The Institute is going to crash all those cars anyway, so they don't both have to do it. Also, NHTSA is engaged in a lot of low-reward efforts. For example, the agency is still devoting resources to help the Obama administration reach its goal of getting one million electric cars on the road by next year. That is never going to happen, not even if the Obama administration starts giving EVs away for free. And that's one of the problems with this agency. It's trying to be all things to all people. 
it needs to pick its most important problems and target its resources at them. In fact, this is a problem with every government agency. Every year, they always ask for more money. I wouldn't have a problem with that if we had a budget surplus, but we don't. And I wouldn't have a problem with it if I thought more money would solve all these problems. But it won't. And that's why I say, don't listen to Joan Claybrook, because we don't need to give NHTSA more money. Anyway, that's my Autoline Insight, and that wraps up today's show. I hope you enjoyed it, and please join us again tomorrow.